Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher But I flew too This is LanternCast Presents Pre-Birth! Episode 11. Which, of course, since we're not, because because of different reasons of not being in sync, we'll be, we're covering episode, I mean, issue 12, though, where it is episode 11. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and yeah, that we never, we, we, we never really made an effort on that one. Well, because it's, because inevitably it's, it's not going to last, because like when we start, like when we start doing, uh, when we start when we start covering different stories like when we that that are not directly in the Spectre book itself then of course that's just going to continually to add between the gaps so you know, we're never going to be closer than we are right now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but that's still not bad considering you know we, we, well you know actually that's pretty ironic that you know it's like the uh, the sync up between the the issue number and the episode number just happens to coincide in this tiny little window it's ironic considering the story that we're about to read. That 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 is true. And in all honesty, I, I shouldn't have really have said that. We'll, there's no way we'll ever be closer because it all depends on. Really, comes down to how many single issues there are, and how, how you know, and how many t- and how many issues we cover per episode. Obviously, if we have a bigger arc and we cover like three issues in an episode, if we decided to do that, there's a chance we could catch back up. <laughs> That's true. That's so it was kind of a, an, an erroneous statement on my part because we could not. We've been doing these solo issues, you know, making them one episode, but it's not like it always has to be that way. Or a multiple multiple issue arc has to be covered in multiple episodes. It kind of depends on the arc, I think. For I think we base it on how. Okay, we, you know what? Listen, in order to make that statement true, then if it ever comes up again, then we're just going to have to renumber the episode. <laughs> So, you heard it here, folks. You know, like, if we skip, like, four episode numbers at one point, just randomly with no explanation, it's just so that we can back up what Mark said. <laughs> or, or there'll be, like, .5 episodes, .75 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, like 11, episode point three 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 three, episode point six 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 six. Eleven, uh, episode eleven point five a point five b. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Um, episode fourteen green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> blue and uh, yes, but the joy. But at, luckily, we never like we never really did think about it because there's no really no point because we know there's you know. Based on the current the current focus of this of this spinoff, we know there's a finite amount of material. I mean, we're not we're not really getting to the we're not scratching the surface of the end of it yet. But we know at some point, uh, you know, if we're going to continue this spinoff, we'll have to change the topic. 
Yeah. So, so it makes it, in a way, it kind of makes it a little more liberating because we don't have to worry about, you know, how we're going to keep this thing going. We know that, plus, like we said, we have an option based on the title and the time frame it covers. So we could do stuff, but either way, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sometimes it's good to ramble because it's not like this episode is going to be super, super long. <laughs> And that's pre-birth, everybody. We'll uh, be back again in another three months. Let us know what you think. <laughs> All right, so we'll be covering, as I mentioned, the Spectre number 12. So pretty not quite the halfway point of this series, but knocking on the door. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. It's, uh, Jim, come on, Jim. It's been a fun ride so far. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I got plenty to say about this issue. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, not all good. I'm sure <laughs> if, if it was all good by either one of us all the time, then it's not. Then it would be boring. <laughs> just wait till we get to my coverage of uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps 16, the one that just came out. That's going to be a fun episode. Oh, uh, yeah. My rant's going to be that's it's going to be the best rant I've had probably since Green Lantern 50 last year. <laughs> and even that was toned down because I was I got it all out of my system. A part of it out of my system before we ever recorded. Uh, so this is so where we left off was you know with the cliffhanger of cliffhangers, which unfortunately was like like a month too late because it would have been perfect in December. Was Santa Claus showing up on the last page? <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of so this so this episode so we'll cover this issue and it kind of it's interesting because even though we. I guess if you know by the language, you might figure out who the, who the narrator kind of is at this point, but they do kind of drag it out a little bit. So because of that, I will I will also drag it out until, until, until it gets revealed. But I like the fact that you kind of have a you have a flashback scene to I guess Hal at Christmas time after his, of course his father was already gone, and you see his mom and his brothers and Hal's just kind of sitting there on the staircase looking extremely extremely depressed, which. Which is a nice segue to, you know, a, a super happy Hal Jordan as the Spectre, which is kind of freaky when you really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. Spectre smiling is, I mean, even though it is Hal, I mean, obviously it would be more freaky if it was the regular Spectre, the the essence of the Spectre. But he's smiling because he sees Santa Claus, and of course he's trying to wrap his head around, you know, the concept that it's like, because the smile quickly leaves his face because it's like, you really can't be Santa Claus. Santa Claus doesn't really exist. And it's like, I know that's how you look like Santa, but yada, yada. And Santa goes, oh, you're so suspicious. And it's like, uh, and he basically, you know, I, I kind of like the fact when he reaches out to touch Santa and he gets blasted. <laughs> it's like yeah. he's, he's trying to put make it like more concrete, more real by reaching out to touch Santa. And when he does, of course, he gets blasted and Santa just... He just goes ho 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 and all over the place, thinking it's the funniest thing in the world. And pretty much, you know, it's like you can't. It's like don't mess with Santa, man. <laughs> don't mess with the yes. That's right. But <laughs> but then Santa reaches out and helps helps him up, and he kind of we kind of on their journey to the North Pole, we kind of get an example of we kind of get an explanation about how it's almost like an how would you say it's like almost like an old kind of like alternate. Again, more like the whole alternate universes and timelines concept that all these concepts that are that are created, they kind of like almost they really exist somewhere. Because I think he mentions right, he mentions Narnia, right? Is it Narnia and or Oz that he mentions in, in here? All, um, like like those. He mentions uh, Oz and the Easter Bunny. So yeah, it's like uh, if it's a concept like out realm. 
Yes, if, if it's a if it's yeah. a con- sorry, if it's a concept out there in, in the world or in the universe, maybe maybe if you want to broaden it, that somehow there's like some kind of some kind of alternate world or time, whatever that in which it, this stuff really does exist. So so he's not really necessarily trying to say that this is our world and he really belongs here. It's just the fact that there's a world where Santa where Santa Claus is real, and we also kind of get an explanation for how uh, like how the the oh there's like a, there's like a portal to a portal almost to like I'm trying to, almost like to a, like a hyper time kind of concept. There's, there's this little portal that opens up like was it once a year? Is that what they said? Is it once a year that they or just yeah yeah like the doorway between the two realms is like open on Christmas. Kind of like you know the doorway to the you know to this to the spirit world is supposed to be open like in Halloween. That kind of right. Thing. That yeah. it's like the the weak the the, the 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 smallest or the weakest separation between the two realities or the two planes of existence or or at that time. So that's kind of like how the explanation for how Hal's temple in Utah kind of got sucked through because of its location and because of its sensitivity and the time of the year and everything along those lines. So we get we get to the North Pole, which is kind of like how you would expect it on some levels. I mean, you get this huge Christmas tree and all these elves elves dancing and uh, and you know, the specters kind of being kind of being you know Spectre-esque and being resistant to all this and. He's a little less resistant when he when he finds good old Abin Sir there trying to partake in Christmas cheer, <laughs> and Mrs. Claus and and Mrs. Claus kind of helps you know warm him up a little. And we and this is where we kind of get introduced to our narrator, who actually is Charles Dickens himself, and kind of expl- you know this and Dickens is the one who actually gives the explanation between you know the doorway between the world of yours and. And this world, and you know, it opens up once a year, and with tremendous force, and your temple kind of, you know, kind of like was a like a tether basically between the two of them. Uh, what the Dickens? <laughs> right. Stop pulling my Dickens, man! This is, I don't believe it. And how? And that's kind of a Hal's approach, because as Charles Dickens is trying to explain some of this stuff to him, you know, he kind of he kind of does what the Spectre does. I think whenever he feels threatened, he like Joe's he he grows jumbo size. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, 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 it's like a, I don't know, he, he's overcompensating at the moment, he, he, he grows to tremendous size, but of course Santa kind of said, well I can kind of do big too, so Santa Santa grows to the same size as the Spectre, and he goes, you know, it's a, come on, relax, sit down and enjoy your dinner, and everybody everybody sits there and they're, they're kind of like toasting, you know, to Merry Christmas and all this sort of thing, we cut back, <laughs> we cut back to, uh, the Phantom Stranger who is still entertaining Helen, which I like, and they're still they're playing Candyland, which, which is kind of funny. The, the idea of the Phantom Stranger playing any kind of game, but let alone Candyland, is just you know it's just it's just kind of interesting. Um, but Hel, you know Helen's heart really isn't in the game after a while because she's really worried about what's going on with Hal, and Phantom Stranger reassures her that pretty much you know that because. That it's not the same thing as what happened with your parents. That you know your uncle's never going to leave you, and that kind of that kind of makes her feel a lot better. She's kind of you know, so she kind of relaxes, and we we cut back to the north, the quote unquote North Pole. You know the you know, the Cratchit family is there with Tiny Tim and everything, and but as as the evening goes on and as the celebration goes on, basically some of these guests and some of these. Uh, the intermingling of the re- of the reality start fading away, and we find out that uh, 
So you're kind of down to the bare basics here. You're down to to Dickens, Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, Abbott, and and the Spectre. And Father Christmas pretty much is uh, a... Dickens is kind of, it's Dickens, right? He's kind of talking about, you know, Father Christmas is, is he's even, there's a kind of like a world that, you know, he's beyond this one that's kind of like, needs Father Christmas even more, that kind of concept. And, you know, Dickens, basically, Dickens and the Spectre kind of go off on, on a little side mission, leaving Santa, Abbott, and Mrs. Claus in the North Pole. And basically, it's like a, <laughs> which is this is this is, this is kind of an interesting part. I'm sure Jim will have thoughts on this, but they kind of end up in a ver- in a version of uh, of London slash England in which this kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge's world, and you ha- and you have Ebenezer Scrooge who's like really who's really really pissed at Dickens because despite the fact that he got a happy ending to a story, nobody remembers that part. <laughs> nobody nobody remembers that Scrooge. That everybody just remembers the the kind of like the evil miserly Scrooge and he kind of you know he kind of rips into Dickens about that it's like you redeem me on the last page and call me a hero but that's not the Scrooge the world remembers which is a valid point if it was a you know if that if a literary character like that actually existed you could understand you know philosophically I know I'm not saying it's right we'll get into it I'm just saying I it's that if that character were real based on perception versus reality you could understand I could see I can certainly see why he would not be happy with his creator because of the fact that even though he he does get a happy ending and he's and he's supposed to be a nicer guy, ninety eight percent of the of the story makes him out to be a real jerk. Uh, so so we have like gargoyles here and it's it's just it's 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 a very sad unhappy pl- place this this version of of London. Uh, Dickens gets attacked by the you know Dickens gets attacked by the by gargoyles. Um, the, the specter kind of springs into action to try to to save him, but these but these witches pretty much are able somehow are able to like you know kind of like cap capture and subdue the specter, and you know uh, Ebenezer is just kind of like Merry Christmas to you both and a Happy New Year. They kind of like dragging dragging <laughs> their. They have the Dickens is Dickens is encased in a coffin though he's not really dead. Uh, the specter is kind of. Wrapped up in like in, ch- in chains, and he's kind of like hung up upside down, and you know they're kind of pretty much what Dick, what what Scrooge wants to do here is almost like flood, you know, kind of like flood your planet with all the despair it deserves because he's so he's so completely disgruntled about everything. Uh, well, Hal's upside down, <laughs> tied to the tree, and you know he he kind of looks into the crowd, and, and it's like, and he kind of sees, you know, he sees what two two familiar faces, he kind of sees. One of them's Helen, right, and the other one's mm-hmm. is, is himself. He kind of sees a younger yeah. version of himself going back to the beginning of the issue when he was depressed and sitting on on the staircase, and, it, and his mom kind of and his mom kind of comforted him, and you know, and the, that seemingly was the first time that Hal, since since, since his father had died, really was able to like have a moment of joy, and he was, and they kind of everybody, you know. His mom and his brothers were kind of – everybody kind of laughed. And Hal was, he remembers that moment. And then even though, again, this is kind of more Spectre-esque because it's kind of freaky You could if you saw it actually happening. But Hal's up, still upside down, chained to the tree, and he just kind of like bursts out in this really like pretty much uncontrolled laughter. And he just laughs and he laughs and he laughs. And as the laughter continues and spreads, it kind of becomes contagious. And everybody in the crowd starts laughing and even uh, – even miserable old Ebenezer starts you know, gets the quote-unquote Christmas spirit and starts laughing himself, 
and somehow that kind of like almost like redeems this miserable version, <laughs> this miserable alternate reality <laughs> where every so everybody's happy and celebrating, and then you see Santa Claus like in the sky because I guess there's there's hope and Christmas spirit brought back to this world. Santa arrives with Mrs. Claus and Abbott in tow, and. <clears throat> <laughs> so they care bear stare the the specter. Yeah, that that, that that that's pretty much true. And it's like, uh, you know, he dude, Santa Santa kind of like congratulates the specter and kind of like you know, it's like you know, here's our gift to you. It's like without knowing why, you know, the how you know, the specter kind of like reaches out, you know, with open arms to everyone, and as that everybody seems happy, and at that moment, Abin and Hal are kind of like. And their little citadel are trans are kind of like transformed and tra- should say, tr- uh, transplanted back where they where they came from in Utah, but almost as one final gift to the world, you know, the Spectre kind of doing stuff that Hal really shouldn't be doing based on his re- his track record. Though it is for the quote unquote, he's trying to do the right thing again. <laughs> he kind of just like takes all the all the positive energy, and this is the kind of gift that he has in a way, kind of what Santa gave to him partially. But Hal just kind of spreads like joy throughout the entire world for one night. Pretty much every living creature on Earth feels, you know, feels joy. And then we have a nice little, you know, you have a nice little moment between Hal and Helen, and, and, and even the Phantom Stranger and Abin Sir, all wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. And you kind of, and the last little thing is Tiny Tim observed, even though it's Dickens actually saying it now. God bless us, everyone. And thus ends the issue. Yeah. Rip into it, Jim. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know where to start. Well, let's let's start with the positives. What what did you like in this issue? And that's it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what didn't you hate about this issue, Jim? I guess I didn't hate the. Phantom Stranger babysitting Helen. <laughs> oh God! Um, they're playing Candyland, floating over like just a floating like Hole? fire pit, <laughs> like a cauldron fire pit or something like that. Um, I do like when he tries to offer to play different games with her, like Parcheesi and other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's that was you know that was pretty good. Um, okay, so, <laughs> this is going to be good <laughs> for starters, for, yeah, for, for starters, I think Sook was a very poor choice to draw an issue with Santa Claus, you know? Yeah, it's not the, it's not the best looking Santa Claus. It's almost like, it's almost like if Santa was a guardian of the universe, he might look like this. <laughs> I, you know, like, yeah, I mean, Sook is really good at drawing that, like, that ominous, like, you know, super powerful, you know, like an essence kind of thing. You know, like, he's got all that down. I, I believe that, you know, when he does that. And I don't have a problem with him drawing Dickens because, it you know, it fits right in. But with Santa Claus, it's like, you know... He's drawing Santa Claus, who should be, like, you know, cheery and hopeful. And, like, you know, like, here I am. Like, I'm almost three-quarters of the way through this comic, and I don't fully believe 
that Santa Claus isn't some ominous demon <laughs> trying to manipulate Hal. You know, like, just the way that Sook draws him, you know, the shadows and everything like that. I, I think that was an abysmally poor choice. Um, okay, so you got that. Like, a lot of it was just, like, overly confusing as far as, like, you know... Well, who are you? Oh, well, what am I? I'm a shadow of a man. I used to be a man, but actually I'm Santa Claus. But I'm really not really Santa Claus. But, you know, if you believe in your heart, you know, then maybe I am Santa Claus. And, you know, it's like, he's talking in riddles for pages. You know, they finally get to, you know, the, the, whatever. You got Charles Dickens there, because I, you know, whatever. Because, of course, Charles Dickens would be hanging out at the North Pole with Santa Claus, which is ridiculous. But, I mean, like, the only thing that, you know, that made sense to me out of the whole thing with Santa is, like, when Hal, like, grows really large and Santa's like, you know, do you sense anything evil here? It's like, well, no. Okay, so maybe, you know, calm down for a few minutes. It's like, okay, so maybe, you know, maybe the Santa Claus isn't a demon, you know, hiding, you know, and waiting to kill everybody. Like Ryan Sook would draw him. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. So they, you know, they, they do all that, and then he has to go on his mission to, I guess, kind of redeem Ebenezer Scrooge. Which, you know, conceptually is not a bad concept, you know, I don't, uh, I don't really have an issue with that. Um, the three witches is bizarre. Like, and then Ebenezer calls upon the power of his three witches. Like, <laughs> the, gar- I, the gargoyles. It's like every, uh, yeah, it, it, it is kind of out of left field. Yeah, I, listen, I, I would, I, I accept the gargoyles. For whatever reason, just because they were probably hanging on the buildings, whatever. Yes, I, okay. Yes. You know, I, the gargoyles, I'll give them a pass on that. I didn't even think twice about the gargoyles. But the witches, like, it do, that doesn't make any sense. They're not going to be in Christmas land. They're going to be in, like, Halloween Town or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's only one street over, Jim. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one door over in, like, the the... the Holiday Forest. <laughs> this is Halloween. This is Halloween. Um, God bless us, everyone. So, so Scrooge kills Dickens, but apparently he's done that before, yes. and he'll come back again. Um, and, you know, they they do the whole capturing of the specter, and you know, like again, uh, them capturing the specter. I I, I buy that. Um, it makes sense given his whole psychic, you know, powers and attacks and everything like that. But the thing that's like just so messed up is that he sees himself, thinks back to his first Christmas without his dad. And he's like really sad. His brothers don't care whatsoever, apparently. (coughs) And his mother comes to comfort him. And she sings a song, Deck the Halls, really, really badly. And so that has him laughing and cracking up, and everybody's laughing and singing. And, you know, that's the memory that Hal 
grips onto, and now he's, like, laughing and saves everybody. But, like, the thing that's so messed up about it is that Dickens is writing, it was Hal later remembered the best Christmas he'd ever had. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. There is no effing way that the first Christmas without his father was his best Christmas ever. I I mean, like, it's (laughs) so, like, insanely, just insipidly stupid (laughs) to claim that, like, even slightly, like, I I mean, do you not know how human emotions work? Oh my God! Well, 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 maybe, well, maybe Morton Jordan had a tradition that every time you grabbed a present, he just like bitch slapped you across the face. <laughs> <laughs> Please, oh, sir, man. Can I, I want some more. Uh, every Christmas, he got really, really drunk and just beat everybody half <laughs> to death. Yeah, no, like, and even then, <sighs> yeah, he wouldn't I agree. be sad on the staircase then. Ugh. Yeah, no, like, that that just, like, you know, that's such a gaping error. Oh, that pissed me off. Oh, that was, the, <laughs> it was his best Christmas ever. The one without his dad for the first time. Like, you know what? Like, like fuck you, Demoteus. <laughs> that is, that's, that's fucked up, is what it is. Oh, God, really irritating. Now, if anything, it's going to be like the Christmas before that. You know, where his father was still alive? Jesus. <laughs> I I agree. I I that that certainly was not the the uh, the the brightest part or the height the most memorable and most positive and most logical part of this story, which is kind of funny because we know almost all these stories in this book the logical aspect, it's much more philosophical than logical. <laughs> but yeah. still, yeah, it's like, uh, that 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 was kind of, that was messed uh, up. Um, the other thing was, uh, like, what was it, um, the, the whole, the fact that Santa Claus is here. <clears throat> um, I, I guess... Like, the fact that, like, Hal had such a hard time believing it, you know, just like, I don't know, like, he's he's the Spectre, but he doesn't believe it, but I mean, like, you know, why wouldn't he believe it? He would know out of everybody, so, I mean, like, that's not very believable, but then, uh, you know, like, um, again, at the end, after Hal's, like, collected all the happy thoughts from this other realm, and then bathes the earth in, you know, his, you know, positivity light. And then, like, basically, this is the, the let me, I'm just going to read it exactly. He places a tiny spark of it, a fragile seed, in the breast of every living creature on earth, in the breast of the planet itself. Perhaps, in time, with nurturing, these seeds will grow. Uh, perhaps... In, with time, with nurturing the forces of cynicism and despair, greed and suspicion will no longer hold mankind in its fast grip. This is my prayer. So basically, that's all bullshit, too. It's like, yeah, he places a tiny little fragile seed of joy in everybody's heart, 
because what? There was never a seed there to begin with. And then, like, you know, oh, well, we, we pray that it's going to grow into, you know, joy and cynicism and despair and greed and suspicion are just going to go away. Yeah, pretty evident that, that didn't happen. So, I mean, you know, like, he might as well have just given everybody a Christmas gift of, like, you know, like a silent fart in the window. I mean, it's just, it's it's useless. The whole thing is useless. Bombug. <laughs> Seriously, like, I, the whole thing is just like, you know, he, he he comes in and he whispers Merry Christmas to everybody. And that tiny little whisper of Merry Christmas is going to spread joy and possibly change the entire world. But but definitely not. Like, 100% <laughs> not. It will not do that. Because next issue, I'm sure, like, we're going to have to deal with the concept of, like, you know, greed and envy in the universe as two people that, you know, are going to team up against the Spectre and put him in a little glass ball and <laughs> go bowling with him while they destroy the universe, and then the Spectre's going to have to break out and fix everything and then redeem them, and it's just going to keep on going on and on and like that forever. Yeah, the actual next <sighs> issue I, I'm sure you're going to hate, too. <laughs> I okay, remember. Well, I remember. I I remember the issue. It's also, I think, if I remember correctly, the font in it is kind of hard to read. Kind of just like in right. all honesty, Santa's font was a pain in the ass in this issue too. It was, yeah. But I think I think the the narration in the next issue uses a similar font, but it's more annoying. It's a it's a really conce it's a conceptualized issue. So, so so it might be maybe it might be maybe it might be a good time for us to we. I won't say what what storyline. Stop forever. Oh, <laughs> what storyline we've talked about? Good one. What what yeah. storyline we talked about? <laughs> good one. Good no, one. once we finish, we're gonna go back to the beginning and read them again. Uh, that the storyline uh. you and I have talked about maybe doing is kind of like maybe it's time to you know take a little bit of a break from just doing issue after straight up issue of the series to do another storyline with the Spectre that maybe. I'll let you look at that issue, and then we'll make our decision. I do think because we, it's either going to be we do the next issue, then we then we do the storyline we talked about, or we just do the storyline now. Either way, I think is a good jumping off point because they're solo stories. But so, <laughs> oh, but so many jumping off points. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so there wasn't anything you really really liked about this issue. Not really. Uh, yeah, the the art the art is always hit or miss with Ryan Sook. I mean. Uh, yeah, Dick. His Dickens is okay. His Spectre, for the most part, was okay. Uh, his Abin remains horrible. Phantom Stranger was fine, I thought overall. With then again, you don't see much of the Phantom Stranger, so it's pretty easy to kind of do okay by him. Yeah. Uh, well, well, his mother didn't look the best. I mean, it's still it wasn't bad art on his mother. Ebenezer kind of freaked me out because he looked more like a troll. A you know, I was thinking the same thing, but. I, I like I'll buy that. I, I'll give him a I will give him a pass on that. I think he drew good uh, gargoyles. Um, I mean, the Ebenezer Scrooge Land it that fits with Sook's style. That is true. It's the, the Santa Land that didn't. San, yeah, and Santa looked a little better when he wasn't wearing his red outfit, which doesn't mean he was naked. It just means he was wearing regular clothes. <laughs> yeah, he wears a suit. Yeah, like a vest, right? He has a little vest on, I think, or something. Uh, yeah. No, no, you're right. Both. 
both. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I, when I reread the issue, I enjoyed it a little bit more than I, you know, than I remembered it. Um, yeah. Because, again, it's the kind, it, as we've kind of established in, in the, in this series, in the actual Spectre proper series, that you kind of, you either kind of have to open yourself to these concepts and be willing to accept it, or you're, if you're really not open to any of the concepts that are kind of expressed in these in these stories, that you're gonna just you're just not gonna enjoy the book at all, <laughs> because so yeah. much so much of these stories, so much of these issues, are along those lines. And I think that was part of the failing of the book, especially once you got to kind of like to here, which is get close to mathematically the halfway point of the series, that they needed to. Probably, if you were going to re- do this over again, you probably needed more interaction with the heroes than you did. You know, kind of like how right. we they they were smart to do it pretty early because they had the Batman Superman crossover pretty early. They had that really early in the series. Yeah. But they kind of moved away from it, and yes, you kind of had little uh, dribs and you know drips and drabs in here because you had you know like a lot of the one-off issues when you had. The Harvey Dent yeah. issue and Parallax brought back, so you kind of had the, but you didn't have any. They, I think what the series probably needed, even if you wanted to keep it on some kind of metaphysical story you were trying to tell, they needed to have more interaction with some of the rest of the DCU, the pro, the main heroes. Yes, they bring Phantom Stranger in, which kind of is appropriate, but I think they that's probably something that they needed to have some more interaction with regular, regular heroes. That 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 this. This ball game that we've kind of seen play out wasn't really you know, Listen, their ball of wax, but yet they had to deal I, with it. I I'll tell you what, like I, I'll I'll I'd even go a little bit further further to say that even if they just had the Spectre interacting with more like known cosmic entities, you know, like Phantom Stranger is good, but like in this issue, like he's good while he's in this issue. He's in this issue for like what all of like eight panels, yeah, and he only talks for like three of them. Yeah, he's just there as a babysitter. Exactly. If he was actually, you know, like like last issue, I don't think I hated that one because he was around a little bit more. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I like the Phantom Stranger showing up. Like, if you know, like, I don't know, um, if uh, Hal was like palling around with like Dead Man or. I don't know, like, any of, like, the Justice League Dark or anything like that. You know, any of the mystical, cosmic, whatever, would have been, you know, would have been nice. It's just that instead we get, like, you know, you know, Mr. Goo Goo, the embodiment of despair. And then we get, like, you know, Ms., you know, like, Nanny Wishwash. She's, like, you know, (laughs) Chaos Incarnate. You know, and it's like, okay... If you're going to create characters and not give us anybody else, create better characters. You know, instead of, like, these just, like, you know, one-dimensional aspects of something stupid. Uh, And this particular issue, like, I would have had a lot better time with it if they just kind of established that it totally was Santa Claus, like, in, like, a page or two. You know, like, if it, was, if it was, like, not so much this, like, wishy-washy, like, is it Santa? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, ho, 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 well, you have to have hope in your heart, and I'm going to pick you up, and 
you know, let's go to the North Pole, and I don't know, you know, you kind of stole this, and it's like, I didn't mean to do that, but, you know, candy canes are there now, and it's like, this constant, like, it was like, literally, like, let's say, okay, we got one, two, three, four, um, five, five, six pages until Hal can finally relax and just kind of accept that everything's not evil. Like, that's like you're t- talking about literally six pages of not being positive that Santa Claus isn't going to try and just like slaughter everybody that Hal knows. <laughs> like that's that's garbage. You know, like that's garbage. You waste so much time on that. Like, you know, you could have you could have had Santa be there and like you could have actually done something nice for Hal you could have done something nice for Helen. I mean, like, like Helen's just kind of like sitting with the fan of a stranger while while Hal is like talking to Santa Claus. She just lost her entire family, and she doesn't get to yes. interact with Santa at all. It was like, my you best know, Christmas ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> Helen would later remember yes. that after her parents had died was the best Christmas ever as she played Parcheesi with the Phantom Stranger <laughs> over a pit of death. <laughs> but see, the, but your point, what you kind of raised is interesting, because they, if they had actually brought her to the North Pole, and or she interacted with Santa Moore, and had you know, that kind of like mythical kind of Christmas and how you, you, how the story, you know, is supposed to go, and what you, you know, if it were real, that then at least you could make the case if you went back and reflected on her life as like, you said, oh, this was the best Christmas ever, that at least you would have at least some kind of circumstantial evidence to try to build your case because, well, you don't get to hang out with Santa all the time. It was the one time you did when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, stir your bowl of porridge with, with, with the fibula of your dead dad. And I was like, no. Merry yeah, well, Christmas. yeah, like, like, and, what, you know, what you say, like, makes me think, like, yeah, like, if they had brought her to actually hang out with Santa Claus... <laughs> then, you know, you could definitely make a case that it was both her worst Christmas and her best Christmas. <laughs> worst because, <laughs> Go ahead. you know, because she, she loses her parents, and best because she got to be with Santa Claus, and, like, it's like, okay, well, now, like, there was a silver lining. Like, whereas what they tried to do was, for Hal, it was just his best Christmas, not also his worst Christmas, because... His mom sang shitty and made him laugh. <laughs> to, to paraphrase Dickens, uh, it was the best of Christmases, it was the worst of Christmases. <laughs> oh. Oh, that Dickens. It was, it was the worst of the Spectre issues. The end. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I do think, like, the last, a little, not so much the last issue we, we covered, but this issue and probably the next issue going forward. I do kind of think if you were going to pinpoint where where the the, the books kind of really started going off the rails, that's probably <laughs> where it is. I think they tried to steer it back a little bit because you kind of have like we're getting close to the Spectre and Space arc that's coming up and and the in the pseudo Sinestro interaction and things like. So I think they oh, and, yeah. Apoc- and, and, and of course as we get to the end of the series, we have you know the, the apocalypse of Dark Side thrown in. So I think they kind of tried to right the ship a little bit, but I think this is the, probably the issues in the middle here from maybe like 
like 11 or 10 through 15 or something is where the book really started losing ground, I think. And they lost a lot of the... I think they really started turning off a lot of the people that were interested in the book. The Hal, the pure Hal fans that just wanted to see him be an, like a, a, an action hero. I think yeah. the people who wrote who wrote it out for like the first five, like eight issues or so, because there was some decent hints at that and in tri- tributes and uh, recalls to that. But I think that's kind of probably we're, we're we're entering the middle the middle third of the series where I think that's where things kind of went horribly wrong. <laughs> And then you had fans like me that was basically just like, well, I, I guess I'll keep buying it because Hal's in it. Yeah, that, 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 maybe, yeah. yeah. Good, okay. Maybe, maybe they'll have another good issue like that Two Face <laughs> issue. <laughs> I think a lot of I think a lot of Hal fans stuck. The people who are just happy to have Hal back in the DCU and, and him yeah. having his own book, I think there was a decent percentage of people. That did stick with it mostly for that reason, not even necessarily because they really they really enjoyed a lot of the metaphysical aspects of the book. I think that's the reason why. Uh, so I, th- I think that I think that actually is a pretty valid valid assessment and/or criticism. Uh, that I, we, we've all had, we've all had books like that 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 we buy and we buy, and if we do read them at all, it's more like a, a, a quick skim, and then eventually we yeah. get to the point when it's like. It just dawns on he's like, why am I still buying this? Because, and if you have it like, if you really have a strong vested interest in the character, then you can like this. Like that's what where I am now with the new, with the new Rom series. You know, it's I've I've written I've written that out for like the first seven issues or so. One of the issues I lost when during the screw up at my comic shop was I think the annual that came out of like a few weeks ago. That I have no faith I'm ever getting these issues that were missing back. I, I don't uh-huh. think I'm ever getting them. But I'm at the point now. I, I just dropped the Micronauts, like I think an issue ago, and I'm. Gonna, I think I'm about to drop Rom because as much as I love these characters, based on my ties to them when they were Marvel characters, you know they're not the same. It's not the same universe. They're not the same characters. It's not the same dynamic. So you know I'm really reading it out of nostalgia, not because I even really care about what's going on in the book now. <laughs> so I mean, that, and that, so I and there aren't that many books that. I really stick with for long when that happens, and this, so I think because of my loyalty to Rom is one of the reasons why I why I did. But that book that book's gonna go by the by the wayside now too. But is the art good? The art's not bad. He doesn't look exactly the same, uh, he, and the, and all the weapons aren't exact quite exactly the same, and the concept is still the same with the dire wraiths and everything like that. But uh, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not as overjoyed seeing them like interact with you know the whole with the whole shared universe of Transformers and GI Joe as I was seeing like <laughs> seeing them like Rom meet like uh, even technically Jack of Hearts was the first pseudo hero a B tier hero that he met. But when he first interacted with the X Men, like I think in issue 17 and 18 or something of that book, that was big. You know when Rom first started, finally got really introduced into the Marvel universe, and he kind of became a relevant player in the, in that universe. That it's not it's not the same. So it's like I, I just I think I just gotta. It's like if they brought back Shogun Warriors and made a comic book out of that. It's not gonna be the it's not gonna be the same characters or the same you know the human characters. Let alone probably wouldn't even be the same robots. So what's the point? <laughs> but so I can understand that, and I think there were people that had a loyalty to Hal and and because and or because they were hoping the book was gonna maybe change direction. Yeah, they stuck with it. So so what can you do? 
Uh, oh, uh, and the last thing that I, I will say about this is uh, there, there was one good point that they made about Ebenezer being, you know, pissed off that, you know, since they just did the, uh, you know, uh, redeemed him on the last page and everybody associates him with uh, being like the miser. It's like I, I thought about that a while back myself personally. Where it's like, you know, he's he's redeemed by the end, but like, you know, if you call somebody a Scrooge, yep, you know, like that that term has persisted. Yes, it's kind of, it's kind of like Vader, you know. <laughs> Whether you believe Vader could ever be redeemed or not is a whole different question. But when you think of Vader, you don't think of the the redeemed Vader really. You think of pretty much the the, the shitty. Piece of crap, Vader. <laughs> That's true. That's you know, a good so, point. so it's the same kind. It's the same kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I do agree. I, I so that that's I think that's why that 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 concept did kind of appeal to me. The idea that if literary creations were real, and they did kind of have feel, and they and they were capable of having feelings towards their creator or being able to assess their creator and being either grateful or ungrateful because they mentioned they, they refer to Dickens as his father that you know having feelings towards about your father which is kind of again which is a nice little dynamic there Dickens and his Kevin I mean Scrooge having conflicts with his father how having conflicts with his father you know so you could you could dig deep or not so deep into that too but I, it, I like I said I could see that I could see the where that this this character which is a great literary character but he's basically known for being an ass <laughs> He's known for being an ass, and yes, you can make the case that there's more to it than just that one-page redemption, because you know when you had the Ghost of Christmas Past, that Dickens wasn't, I mean, that Scrooge wasn't always an idiot, you know? that He didn't start out being as cold-hearted as he is. It kind of happened over time. So Yeah, but, that's true. But but I can understand why, you know, the the character that exists, the older, you know, the he existed as he was at the end of the, in the latter part of his literary existence the older scrooge that yes that everybody sees him as you know as is the as the miser as the the bitter unhappy anti-christmas you know poster child <laughs> that i guess i could understand why that would be if you were really alive and you had to deal with that you know generation after generation and millions of people seeing you perceiving you that way that you could see again on, on the whole metaphysical plane kind of aspect how that could weigh you down and corrupt you even more and make you even more angry and bitter you know, whatever, whatever joy you had out of being redeemed, if you will, would be completely erased by the fact that nobody, that, that nine, nine people out of ten think you, before you were redeemed. <laughs> yes. So no other thoughts on this very special issue? <laughs> I am all thoughted out. All right, so let's change gears ever so briefly. Uh, do you have any, you have any thoughts on that, all those, the, Hal Jordan casting rumors that Hal and I, that Hal and I, that Chad and I, you know, we kind of talked about it ourselves. I think when we had Michael, I think when we had Michael Bailey on to do new, to do uh, Emerald Dawn. About. Uh, the only one that I've heard about is um, the Ar- Army Hammer. Yes. And I mean, I, I guess that's fine. But I mean, beyond that, I haven't really heard too much else, and I don't really have strong feelings one way or another on Army Hammer, so. Um, 
Army does kind of keep it going, you know, whether he's just being, whether he's these guys are just like, you know, kind of playing games with people, teasing them, good-natured playing games. I don't mean being an ass about it. Uh, but, but he does kind of, he does kind of keep it going as opposed to uh, just 100% slamming, slamming the door on it. Like I said, with him, with him, I could see him. I'm a little concerned about he tends to play a little, like, goofier roles. There's a little humor in a lot of his roles, which isn't bad. You could do humor with Hal, but too. But, I mean, something like the Lone Ranger I don't think helps. You know, didn't help the perception of Army Hammer, just the way he played that character. That's, that's, your, that's your straight-laced, almost like Hal kind of like character that he kind of played goofy, you know? Uh, so. Well, I mean, yeah, but if they if they do write Hal... Goofy. I mean, weren't they talking about, like, lethal weapon in space? Yes, 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 yes. So, I mean, that would kind of fit. Though it would kind of concern you if they were going to go, if they were going to do Hal Jordan as the older cop, that would kind of concern you about him being able to pull that role, I think, do that. Oh, no, there's no way. They, I, I'm sure that if they were going to do Die Hard, and, uh, not Die Hard, well, Die Hard in Space would probably be cool, too. But, <laughs> lethal Weapon. Uh, lethal Weapon in Space, like, you would have, like, Hal, jo- Hal Jordan being the, you know, Mel Gibson crazy guy, and probably Jon Stewart being, like, the, the straight-laced one who's got to kind of reel him in. It's just that he's, you know, he can't say, you know, I'm, I'm too old for this shit because he's, he's younger. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. That'd be interesting to see how people would react to that if they made John Stewart the older guy. If they made that, and I guess it made. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's you don't really know how they're. If, and again, supposedly they don't really have a script yet, so you don't necessarily know how far in the how open-minded they are. Depending, maybe they're going to find wait till they cast who they cast and then determine how they do it. I could see an old. I could. You would logically think Hal would be the old. Could be should be the older one because we know he should be the Green Lantern before John. But it depends on who they cast. I mean, so I think. You know, I mean, but, and he doesn't have to be old, old. He just has to be like, if he's like in his, if he at least appears to be like mid thirties or you know, or late thirties older, then that that would be fine. Then you can cast somebody who's still close to thirty to being technically the younger cop. Now, uh, did you guys speculate on who they're gonna cast for Jessica Cruz in the Justice League movie? <laughs> no, but I, but if you. <laughs> Related to that, I was going to ask you, since the latest rumor was that a Green Lantern is – again, we, we take all these things with a grain of salt because they change all the time. That supposedly there is going to be a Green Lantern that shows up in the Justice League movie, but it's not going to be basically an Earth Green Lantern. So. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I had heard that. So it might be like Abin Sor before – could be. You know, how it gets the right... Which is, that to me, that's stupid. Especially considering, like, you want to have, like... Oh, God. It's, uh, that that would just be so dumb. To just keep on, you know, like... Dragging it rebooting. out. Rebooting. Yeah, well, just rebooting the idea. It also, <sighs> it also... See, in a way, it also would be an... It also would be an issue if... The, I mean, unless you want to believe there's going to be, like, a some sizable gap between the events of Justice League and when they do the Green Lantern Corps because if, if, if neither if neither John Stewart or Hal Jordan has a ring yet and they get it from Abin Sur, then how how believable is it going to be the whole older cop, younger younger cop dynamic, you know? If neither one has yeah. a ring yet. Uh, but it's it's a huge sector. I mean, like, you could write that off saying, like, Hal Jordan got the ring five years ago. 
you know, and he went to Oa for training for several months, and then he's been just like, you know, saving different planets throughout the entire sector. And, you know, like, and maybe, like, he, he comes back to Earth every once in a while and he saves stuff, but he doesn't keep a, a high profile. You know, he keeps a low profile and then just keeps on doing stuff in outer space. And then, you know, like, for whatever happens, you know, like, his sector partner is John Stewart and same thing, low profile, you know, if, and I guess for whatever reason, if they need, like, an extra person, because I, I can't see them not doing Jessica Cruz just like because there's no other women and just like for the sake of like having an, an additional woman and like I guess being able to check off the minority box too and the fact that she's currently in like you know headlining the Green Lanterns comic it would just be like kind of a missed opportunity if they don't go for her so you really so all 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 kidding aside, you really think that's what that's who they're going to give it to? I think the Justice League movie should go to Jessica Cruz. I think the Green Lanterns movie should maybe have a cameo by her, but focus more on Hal and John. That's interesting. The other thing is, like, you know, like, if you're doing a Green Lanterns movie, then you can take, you know, you got Hal Jordan, which most people know from, you know, a really long time with the comics and the um, the Super Friends cartoon. Then you have Jon Stewart from some comics and the Justice League cartoon. You know, like, and, you know, you've got, you have, uh, you know, a white guy, you have a black guy. It's kind of perfect for a Justice League movie. You have a bunch of aliens in there, too. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but I mean, like, you know, to not include the idea of Jessica Cruz is just kind of a waste of opportunity, too. So, I mean, like, you know, the, the way that they've set everything up, like, you can totally do that. You can have, you know, the best of all worlds, you know, and, and put them all over the place. And also, the other thing is, the Green Lantern movie, it's like, yeah, like you said, they don't have a script yet. Like, nothing's really happening on that. And I don't think anything is going to happen until after Justice League comes out, when we've seen, like, you know, maybe at, like, the last five minutes, the cameo of the Green Lantern or whatever, and then they can gauge the reaction on that. And if everybody's laughing at it and thinks it's a big joke, then, well, you know, go buy Green Lantern for another couple of years. That is true. There's probably not going to. I mean, there's always there's always a chance, and I think a lot of people are holding out hope anyway. That there's there's always a chance that you know somehow by the time the Justice like movie comes out, at least we're going to know like if who's going to be Hal Jordan. You know, maybe there's a chance whether he's got a cameo or not, or whether or something that at least there's oh I think some we're kind of a lot of people anyway. I think are still holding out hope that that might be the case. That is not that at least we're going to know at that point. Uh, but. I yeah I don't know we've heard so many rumors about this about Green Lantern not being in you know being being in the Justice League movie not being in the Justice League movie just like we heard all that all that crap about how remember remember that rumor about the, the huge elaborate ending of uh, 
Superman and ver- Batman versus Superman with uh, basically almost all the Justice League guys showing up, you know, fighting Doomsday and Hal Self being a pilot or whatever. Actually, no, yeah. it wasn't even be- there were two rumors. There was a rumor he was a pilot. There was a rumor that he also, I don't think he was, but either way, it turned out to all be bullshit. So the reality is there, I mean, there's a lot, there's so many rumors it is. It's really hard as a as a Green Lantern guy. It's really hard to accept the idea that they could do a Justice League movie and have a basically almost do the, have the found have a founding set of members and have Hal not be a member. It's kind of hard to deal with when he, when when they've shoehorned in Cyborg, which we know he doesn't belong there either. Uh, and you know, so just like Manhunt, Martian Manhunter fans would be pissed too because you know he's he's basically gotten that spot. But I don't know. I think it's I don't know. I, and if they really go with Steppenwolf as the villain, that's not going to make people happy. I mean, I find that hard. I mean, it still could be a good movie with a with a so-so villain as as it, as many Marvel movies have shown <laughs> that you don't need the world's best villains to, to end up having a to have the movie actually be good. But I don't know. I think. It would be nice for Green Lantern fans. It kind of does stink that this movie still, even though 2020, if they're actually going to stick to that date, is not as far away now. You know, they, you would they would realistically have to start casting this movie soon if they're going to start at least within the next year or so. They're going to have to at least cast this movie because you know this is going to be with the special effects in a Green Lantern Corps movie. That's definitely going to be a movie where you're going to need a good amount of post production time on it. Yeah, but Justice League comes out like this year. Yes. So, I mean, you know, like, that. I think that's going to be the thing that gives them the, the green light. Well, yeah, pun intended yes. for Green Lantern. But, yeah, I mean, like, for Justice League, it's like, you know, unite the seven. Like, that was their tagline. Yep. So, I mean, like, unless they slip in, like, I don't know, Green Arrow or something. Plastic stupid. Man. <laughs> it's unite the seven. Oh, look, everybody, it's classic Justice League, you know, hero, Firestorm, <laughs> Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's definitely going to be a Green Lantern. Uh, I mean, to me, like I said, I think it's going to be, what's her face, uh, Jessica Cruz, but we'll see. That would be really, ri- if they, they introduced her, like, in the, ju- in the Justice League movie, that would be really risky, though. I don't think so. Well, I, at all. I don't because mo- a lot of because you you do that you're gonna, you're you're going to alienate a huge amount of the Green Lantern fan base, which obviously we know is not nearly as as yeah. strong or as impassioned as it was a few years yeah, yeah. ago. Yeah, it turns out it turns out DC doesn't really give a damn about the the Green Lantern fan base because they didn't really mean much to the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like they just. DC and Warner Brothers are like they're so gun shy on Green Lantern right now, after that last movie, um, I, you know, and I, like honestly, like I, they should be gun shy on everything. Right, they should. That, yeah, that that would be my point. I don't. I think, but still, like, like I said, like you have you have Wonder Woman, <laughs> Wonder Woman. Essentially, a white woman, a white female, and like, and that's you know, oh, and, and I'm sorry, um, Cyborg is also well. I guess he's like what a tenth black, 
because he's mostly robot. <laughs> so as far as diversity goes, I don't know how much, you know, there, but yeah, I mean, like, it, you got Superman, a white male, you got Batman, a white male, you got Flash, a white male, but you they, have Aquaman. They changed, I was going to say, they changed Aquaman, so he's not really a white male. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, he's more like an islander now. He's more like a yeah, Pacific islander now. <laughs> well, he pretty much is just like an Atlantean. I mean, I, I, I could, I could buy him being from like you know a nation underwater. But yeah, it's like I don't think that they would just stick what's his face, John Stewart, in there. I, they might, but I don't see it. I think that they would go with Jessica Cruz. That way you have a female, you have a minority, and she's so far removed from Hal Jordan and anything anybody saw in the Ryan Reynolds movie that people are willing to give it more of a chance than if they just recast Hal and stuck him with the Justice League. So you think the thing that works in her favor the most is that she's a complete blank slate? Yeah, and she's not Hal. I see, I don't know. Maybe it's... Maybe it's because I have so much invested in Hal. I I don't know if that many people if that many people just associate Hal Jordan the character, saying that like he's the reason why the movie didn't work because they picked Hal Jordan. Now, I saw somebody post this, and I did. And sometimes, as with you and I know very well from our our discussions about politics, that sometimes you just don't want to get into stuff because you just don't want to deal with the deal with something going on and on and on and on and being stressed out over it. Yeah. I was this close to responding, saying, "Oh, because his his point was, oh, if they had used John Stewart, like the movie would have made like like five hundred something million dollars." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and it's like, no, no, no. The movie, the movie, the the problem, you know, yes, pe- the kids know, kids know John Stewart from the animated t- from the from the Justice League show. Yes, that is true. Majority of comic book fans know Hal Jordan first. That movie didn't tank because it was Hal because it was Hal Jordan. You know, so that's not that's not you know that's not the reason why the movie tanked. And it, it, no matter who the lead was, lead character was in that movie, as it was constructed, it would not have succeeded. So, but, and I I I totally agree with you, but I mean, like, you know, we, we're looking at it from like a logical perspective, and at Warner Brothers, they they don't look at it like that. They're looking at it like, okay, well, you know, this Green Lantern movie failed. So let's just, you know, we're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just completely, you know, go in a completely different other direction. And, I, you know, like, yeah, like Jessica Cruz, she has a lot of things going for her. One, she's not Hal Jordan. Two, you know, the female minority role, which, you know, like, honestly, I think that it is a good thing to have another female, you know, and a minority in there because, like I said, you just have, like, a collection of white guys then. And, I mean, like, you know, how good does that look for, you know, when you're promoting a movie? Like, look at Gods of Egypt. That movie didn't really do too well, you know, and it was because of the negative controversy. It's like this movie is going to have an uphill battle as it is with all the DC movies that have come before it. I would like it to not have, you know, one more thing to throw on there. No, I, I can, I can, I can see that, and and also to be honest, she also she besides covering a lot of checklists just based on her on her makeup regarding sex and 
regarding the gender, regarding her ethnic background. We also have the fact that she has her anxiety and, you know, yeah. her disorder. So, yeah. so whether that, or not that actually got translated, right. who knows? But, but yeah, if they did, that would be great too. And I, and I've made it clear that, I mean, I, as while I don't think certainly if she's, if they were only going to introduce one green lantern across the board, which is pretty clear that they're not based on making the green lantern core movie, that if they were only going to introduce one Earth Green Lantern, yeah, introducing having it be Jessica, I think would be very, it would be, I think, still equally as problematic as not problematic. I I understand, I agree with a lot of the things that you're saying. I do think it would be a big pushback from a lot of D, a lot of DC fans would push back against it just because. Simply put, you there's not much that can unite Kyle, Guy, John, and Hal fans, but they would all be united and not being happy that everybody got screwed over for her. <laughs> But I can, but I like Je- I like Jessica as a character. I think of the two characters in that Green Lantern's book, by far she's the better one. Now that was by design. We've we've talked about that. They purposely went out of the way to make Simon look like a jackass, which he really hadn't been before, and in his previous incarnations. So they they purposely did the bad cop good cop thing to help make Jessica more likable by proxy, just because the other guy was an idiot. But I like her. I think I I do like her. I think of the two Green Lanterns in that book, she is the, the better one. If they were going to only have one of those characters in the book, I would rather her, her be in the book and not Simon. Simon, I really to me serves no purpose whatsoever. Uh, so I could see that. I I could I definitely I would not be unhappy if they introduce her. I still think it would suck not to have Hal interacting with the Green with the Justice League. Maybe for a huge event or something he would, but still I don't know. But we'll see. I mean, at this point, who the hell knows? If you know, if just if if the Justice League movie turns out to be another critical disaster, who knows? <laughs> who who knows what they're gonna do? You can't keep banging your yeah. head against the wall without you know without and not change direction. So you know, Wonder Woman. Yeah, well, good. If if it turns out to be a critical disaster, then you know, maybe better off that Hal's not in it. Oh yeah, I agree. I I do agree with that. That uh. At least, at least that way, no one can say, "Hey, look, it was Hal again. It's his fault." Yeah, he brought down two movies. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want, you don't want the the stench to kind of ca- to kind of carry over when, we, we, you know, we you see this happen in movies before when you kind of you kind of reboot and you relaunch this and sometimes it's like, some sometimes it is the material. Sometimes there's just not an audience for the material and you got to learn learn about that and accept it. Sometimes it's because the material is not presented right. You know, Fantastic Four is good material. It just has never been really translated the way it should have been. That being said, obviously the Tim, the, what the Tim Story movies were a hell of a lot better than the Trank movie. <laughs> it captured a lot more of the essence, at least conceptually, of the characters. And certainly, we know with the Thing and the Human Torch, they kind of did get the personas and the personalities exactly right. It was so. I think, yeah, but you, but you you don't want. You don't want that other, that second checklist. You don't want the second box to say, "Oh yeah, you know this two, you know this is your, this is your second strike, and we have no intention of letting you come up to the plate to get for the to get the third one. We're pinch hitting for you now." Yeah. So, but it was. I just thought it was be. I was. So, if it's not, if it's not, and so you, so who do you think it would? If it's not going to be a human Green Lantern, in if it's going to be a, because I think they that whole article kind of made it. Set, set, seem or sound like it was going to be an alien name that who so you would assume it'd be Abinsur then if it was going to be a far if not a human not an earth green lantern you would assume it'd be Abinsur 
I mean, since if it's I, set on Earth, I guess that's, that's the only one that would make sense. It would. That's yeah. Like I, yeah, that's the only thing that would make sense to me. Um, <sighs> if it was in a different yeah. sector, I would say it could be Tomar, Tomar Ray. But, but if it's, but since we're dealing with. If, well, I mean, the only other possibility is that if they go to, like, Apocalypse, you know, oh, what was the guy, what was the guy's name? Rake Raker? Yeah. I love, who, I love that character. That was a, that wait, was, wait, wait, no, it was uh, Raker Quaragat. Yeah, Raker Quaragat, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that character. That was, that, and that was a good, that was a good story, though, that's. So once again, you get back into the problem of now of all these different times that the Lant- that the Green Lantern Corps actually kind of like started or repo- or got big. We've got a lot of different versions of that, and it kind of so that they, because really the whole Green Lantern Corps and that's and that's annual was about you know basically they grew to a huge size basically to take on a, to go to war with Apocalypse. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I lo- yeah. That, that's a very that's that would be a very clever idea. That would be very very clever. And I, I don't think they'll do that. I don't but. think they'll do it either. But that that was. But I do love that character, and they they really have never done that much with him because he he supposedly was a Green Lantern. If you go back and you look at like the the secret files and things like that, that after the core came back after rebirth, he was supposed to be back in the core because he was in those annual. He I think he wasn't. He's I think he's even drawn in a few pages. And they had made him a lot more buff than he. That he than he used to be, but I think he was actually a core mm-hmm. member again. But he was a great he was a great character. He was a he, so that would that would be very clever. That would be very clever. But but as you said, probably won't be. <laughs> but right. Yeah. Maybe they'll just make somebody up. Oh yeah, that'd be even better. Who's he, Magoozie? Rotlop fan. Listen, I would love for them to make Rotlop fan. You know. The, uh, the Green Lantern, although that would just confuse everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about how about uh, so, Nort? Oh God, better than Ship. I'll, t- I'll take Nort. Yeah. Maybe actually, maybe it wouldn't be better than Ship. Actually, <laughs> uh, maybe Salak. That would be interesting. What do you got? <laughs> or Kilowog. Yeah, yeah, Kilowog. I'm looking for a couple of poosers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, you have you have anything to push? I know um, we, don't, we don't have much other than one last episode of the toy podcast to come out. <laughs> yeah, and considering that nobody actually heard the last one because our feed doesn't work anymore. Um. So yeah, if that, anyone wants to listen to it, go to just go to the go to the the actual website, the Greatest Toy Podcast website to just yeah, listen to it, it there. If you want to hear the very, very last episode, then just message me and I'll uh, just forward you the episode personality. You know, you have to put it up. You have to put it up. <laughs> you can't leave people hanging. Well, just uh, that'll be like uh, dispersed on an individual basis. <laughs> Does the website even still work? I got a, a message the other day oh, and I... nope, it doesn't. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. Now the website's just completely broken. Um, was that related? To, was that the same issue, or is that a different issue? That's a different issue. We just have multiple issues with that one website. So, oh, so we're kind of completely screwed. Completely screwed. And I mean, like, and the, the worst part about it is that, like, because of those two two last episodes, it's like the feed was 
like the way to get those episodes out. Cause we only have like eight followers on Facebook or something, you know, something r- incredibly ridiculously small. So, and, you know, like that's, a, that's only a very small, small percentage of our listenership. So like, I don't even know how to get those episodes, you know, to the listeners. Like, even if I got the website fixed, I, you know, like getting the feed fixed in a way that would still work. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I you- think I, I, I like, I, honestly, like to me, like the best option would almost be to like just put it out on another feed, and that way, if anybody's searching for it, like they'll find those two episodes. But uh, right now, I don't know. I actually was thinking what we could also do if we needed to, we could just put, at least for the final two episodes, so we could maybe we could just put them out through the Lantern Cast thing. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, I just... think we should do that's probably that's probably what we should do. We could just. Well, it'll be. We obviously they won't be. They won't be properly numbered lantern cast episodes, but we can we could reference it somehow and just put them out through. Yeah, I think that's probably. We'll have to talk about that. That's probably exactly what we should do, at least that way. And who knows? We might actually get a bigger, bigger audience anyway for those final two episodes. <laughs> I mean, they're they're pretty condensed in that if you only listen to two episodes that we did yeah. the entire run, those would be you yeah. know. That's a good go idea, actually. Well, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. We should probably, we should definitely, definitely do that. Yeah, and we can, uh, we'll re, re, re-upload that uh, Christmas episode uh, right around Christmas time. <laughs> but with the new intro, maybe. <laughs> which which new intro? I don't know. We'll just we'll just we'll mention we'll, we'll we'll do some kind of intro that makes it seem like it's 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 brand new and so. It's I gotcha. Greatest toy podcast classics, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, well, we'd have to do that because we'd have to, like, reference how, like, the, uh, what do you call it? Oh, his, the uh, Kickstarter's yeah, no the longer Kickstarter. in effect. Yep. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll talk to him and, be, you know, I'll be like, um, hey, Andrew, you need to start up another Kickstarter because we're going <laughs> to re-release that episode. <laughs> it's a Christmas tradition. Oh, uh, yeah. Volume two. Volume two. Uh all right. Okay, okay. Yep. Let's let's wrap this sucker up. Um. So the website lanterncast.com. You can access all our episodes. Our let's see, our ring encyclopedia episodes, dark story reviews, blogs, movies reviews. You got it. You pretty much. That's the place to find everything. Facebook doesn't hurt either because you can follow, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Use GLCast hashtag GLCast to find us on all of those. iTunes and Stitcher. Like us on. On either platform, whichever one you listen to. And last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708 Lantern. 708 Lantern! And let us know what you think. We're recording this in at the end of pretty much this, kind of like this beginning of the second week of March. Uh, so, realistically speaking, what do you think? Somewhere probably towards the end of May, maybe? Depending what we do. Depending what we do. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have we'll to see. see. If we do, if we do the next issue of the Spectre series, and probably I would say we'll probably get it out by the end of May, beginning of June. If it's if we do the other thing that Jim and I are talking about, which is two parts, so it might be two episodes, that might not go out till June. But and also might not go out to June because we're so friggin' backlogged in doing issue review episodes of this <laughs> podcast that by the time we even catch up, who the hell knows when it's going to be. Uh, so, but. From a recording point of view, which I will do, I will try to do my best to try to get something recorded at least by the end of May. 
Okie doke. Alrighty. Good night, everybody. Good night. Quarters in session. Averted tears and No appeal on the docket today. Just my home sin. The walls cold and pale. The cage made of steel. Screams fill the room. I drop and deal. Silence now the sound.